0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the programme. This is Squawk Box. Let's get into your headlines. Investors shake off mixed economic signals, with Wall Street clocking its biggest daily gain since early January, fueled by a strong batch of big tech earnings. Amazon shares rally into the close, but they do slip in extended trade after the e-commerce company posts an earnings beat, but warns of a slowdown in its key cloud business customers
1: continue to evaluate ways to optimize their cloud spending in response to these tough economic conditions in the first quarter. And we are seeing these optimizations continue into the second quarter, with April revenue growth rates about 500 basis points lower than what we saw in Q1. Well, the Bank of Japan has stayed the course, keeping policy unchanged, but tweaked its forward guidance and announces a broad review of monetary policy as Governor Kazuo Ueda's first meeting Um, really doesn't give too many surprises for the market.
2: Meanwhile, First Republic Bank reportedly works on plans to stave off a government seizure, seeking private sector help as it tries to move past investor scepticism after a dramatic drop in its shares this week.
1: It's inevitable that three-seasoned anchors will grumble about having to get up sometimes. On a Friday, you might feel a bit tired, but you know what? We are genuinely lucky, and all three of us, honestly, we're just talking about how genuinely we are lucky to come in and talk about these amazing issues on a daily basis because it is absolutely fascinating, and I don't say that for TV purposes, I say it because I'm trying to put all the elements into the mix of what led to this yesterday. And you come up with so many different conclusions as well. And, and this is what we try to do on a daily basis. And we try to portray to you how fascinated we are by this. We don't have the answers. We just like to ask the questions. I mean, look at this massive rally yesterday. 524 points on the Dow, 2% on the S&P. The NASDAQ rallied 2.4%. And what did that leave us for the week? Actually, the Dow and the S&P A flat. The Nasdaq's up 0.6 of 1%. So you're still just as confused. In fact, six out of 11 sectors coming to the Friday session are still negative. Isn't it interesting that you know you had this blockbuster rally? What was the blockbuster rally on? Well, I mean, we'll move on to tech. I can show you that now. Uh, A Meta. Where's Meta? Here you go. 14% higher. And tech across the board was much higher. And I've even, do you know, we've even got Arjun out of bed early on a Friday, sitting at the desk now to talk about technology. But I think it's, got, it's more than the tech as well. I think it's the fact that there wasn't more counterbalance bad news uh, out of the banking sector. But I'm I, looking at the data. I think the da- I, I, we can look at tech in a moment. We'll do that. Karen's got a great big read on Amazon coming up as well. But if we have a look at the, the US markets uh, month to date as well, what is driving the markets month to date? Well, let, let's show that any time now. That's it, well done, well done. We're, we're, we're mildly lower on the NASDAQ, mildly higher on the S&P. But, but the point here, and we can even look at the Treasuries while I explain this as well. Is that, did you look at the GDP data here? Did you pour into the data? Because there is something for you, if you're bullish, there is something for you for bearish. If there is something for you, if you're looking for the slowdown in the US economy, there is something for you to say, no, no, look at the strength of the US consumer as well. And the yields performing, yields up, bonds down yesterday as well, but very interesting. So look, you saw the figure, way, way disappointing on the GDP, a 1% increase, as opposed to a 2.6% annualized increase in the fourth quarter. But sector by sector, sub-sector by sub-sector, it was fascinating, dragged down uh, by a 2.3% fall in uh, inventories. And yet, household consumption jumping to an annualized growth of 3.7% in the first quarter. Household consumption. For those of you who are looking for concern about the consumer in a consumer led economy, that wasn't what you were looking for. But if you want to see strength in the US economy, that was there as well. And yet, if you looked on the other side of the ledger as well, fixed investment from businesses slowed to just 0.7% pace from 4% previously. So let's just go through it. is plummeting. Household consumer really, really strong. Uh, and yet business investment down as well. It is a really, really mixed picture as well. Let's have a look at the dollar crosses as well. Where are they trading? What's the dollar yen? This is the one, isn't it? Where, with the, the dollar rallying six tenths now against the yen because they did nothing at the BOJ. What's Ueda Sun gonna do next? Not a lot, I think. What's the brand new era uh, post uh, the previous governor looking like? Mm looking remarkably similar, isn't it? And if you think that's not interesting enough, let's go to Brent. Oh, my. Did you see the row yet? Yeah, this is great. There were times when, over the years, when I've covered oil, before I handed it over to our brilliant team in the Middle East, the fact of the matter is that there was the, the, a rapprochement going on between the IEA, the consuming nations of the OECD, and OPEC, of course, uh, the oil producers, OPEC Plus as well. I'm not saying war's broken out. That, that would be too extreme, but certainly a war of words. You've got the OPEC Secretary General saying, watch what you're saying, IEA. You're creating volatility in the market. And the IEA is going, do you know what? We just want to see an energy transition. So you've got this massive row between the heavyweights in the oil consumers and oil producers blaming each other for various things. Safe to say, we are now, despite the rally here, we are considerably lower, considerably lower than where we were when the Saudis, at the start of this month, now we're at the end of this, when the Saudis at the start of this month are saying, we need to take action. We're taking a 1.6 million off the table a day. And yet we're lower. That's not what they planned. That wasn't in the plan. Do you have a look at the Asian markets? Up, across the board, apart from the, the Australians who are, the Australians are flat, but I can tell you one thing. There's one Australian who is absolutely never flat. <laughs> She's always sparkling. She's effervescent. She's like a good English sparkling wine. You hate that, don't you? Like a good, <laughs> <laughs> like a good FNA so special. The there finish. you go. How about
2: that? <laughs> great great taste up front, the sparkling, not as good on the finish as the French How are you the my love? You're looking radiant product. today? <laughs> Thank you. Nice no, it's to Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Why were you looking at <laughs> me? you. <laughs> right, what's
1: Amazon up Amazon? Yeah,
2: we've had a big week on tech numbers, so let's take a look at the latest, which was Amazon. The, the shares turning lower in extended trade amid concerns over its cloud unit despite the tech giant topping on first quarter revenue forecast. Shares initially jumped as high as 12% on a revenue beat of more than $127 billion, boosted by a 16% increase in sales at Amazon Web Services, its cloud unit. This after-hours weakness, though, came after the earnings call as the tech giant CFO sounded a cautious note over sales growth at AWS amid stiff competition.
1: Given the ongoing economic uncertainty, Customers of all sizes and all industries continue to look for cost savings across their businesses, similar to what you've seen us doing at Amazon. As expected, customers continue to evaluate ways to optimize their cloud spending in response to these tough economic conditions in the first quarter. And we are seeing these optimizations continue into the second quarter with April revenue growth rates about 500 basis points lower than what we saw in Q1.
2: Arjun is here with us Arjun AWS what it's the light bulb and the light the protein on the plate it is the main event effectively and what we saw slippage in that level of growth rate and this is fascinating because Amazon is the big weight in the sector we've slipped from what 16% growth to 11 and others around it are growing much faster we had 27% growth over at Microsoft at its cloud unit Google up 28% so what is going wrong with AWS. I mean,
3: what you have seen is with AWS over the quarters, there has been this sort of slow, they've got so big, I think sustaining those massive growth rates has been quite difficult for them, particularly given the comparisons they saw with sort of 2021 and, and 2022 as well. So that's one part of the equation, but there is heightened competition. And there's no doubt about that. Microsoft has been super aggressive in its cloud strategy globally at this point, opening data centers, bringing in those AI capabilities we heard so much about this week, from uh, management there. So Microsoft, the other bear moth here, has really come to challenge Amazon. But you also saw strong growth at Google Cloud as well uh, during the quarter when Alphabet reported earnings. So I think that heightened competition is really uh, coming to the fore here. Mixed with what the CFO was talking about on the call, which was businesses cutting back spending, perhaps being a little bit more selective on the cloud products they're choosing on the cloud providers they're going for and the best deals as well. So I think that's all coming into the mix here. And that's why we heard that guidance uh, on AWS and broadly on, on, on Amazon there uh, around uh, sort of an April looking a lot slower.
2: Can I ask you about the advertising business? This is not something we typically talk about. We talk about AWS. We talk about the merchandise and the selling, but not the advertising. This is something that's been folded into the business in recent years. The growth rate there, 21%. Uh, that's a bit of expectations. How significant is this given everybody's going after advertising at this point which has come out through our other conversations around tech this week yeah, and this
3: is not a small business a nine and a half dollar a billion dollar business in the quarter so this is significant and it continues to grow for for amazon now amazon in advertising ha- can position itself slightly different to what we've seen with alphabet and meta as well because they have this massive e-commerce product and you see it when you shop on amazon or they these sponsored products uh, they have a, a different product it's specifically e-commerce so uh Sellers on the platform are, are buying ads to boost their products, so that's something where they can differentiate from Alphabet, Meta, and that's why you're seeing quite a strong growth uh, in the advertising revenue. And it's it's fascinating because we look at Snap and Pinterest, which also uh, reported uh, uh, earnings overnight as well, and their stocks were down massively because they're just not as big and they can't weather this sort of storm that's going on in the ad sector at the moment, with businesses again cutting back given the macro headwinds. You deliberately don't
2: buy. those sponsors products given that you don't like the sponsored search results well, no, you by no, no, no. the sponsored ad because well,
0: I like to mess with a machine and I like to mess with their heads <laughs> um, but, but, but you know the, the funny thing is uh, the innovation arc you know we're, we're all getting so excited about AI at the moment but there is a well understood innovation arc here and then monetization. and you know I was just having a look um, how old is AWS 2002, this is a 20-year-old business, and it wasn't even the first. Salesforce.com was the first to realize that you could put, you know, um, enterprise software you delivered show via to the a cloud. that that a 20-year-old business can make money in tech. Uh, so the interesting thing for me is, you know, the maturity of this business, and the point that you made right at the beginning about whether there are still big enough customers out there who don't utilize this service, who need this service, who are going to sign up for it. So if, if we are starting now to see the topping out of the, uh, the opportunity for cloud here, I wonder what that means for valuations as we think about maybe not so much a Amazon or a Microsoft, but some of those other businesses that are much more pure play in the cloud, because we need a reset, don't we, on the basis of what we're seeing from Microsoft and th- Amazon and so on and so forth? Yeah. I- I think it's, it's interesting because the commentary has said
3: so far that, look, cloud is still, uh, from the big players, I mean, cl- cloud is still in the early innings. There are a lot of businesses that still need to switch over to the cloud. That process is happening, but I think what the narrative has been is that with the pandemic, there was this sort of pulling forward of demand uh, to, to a large extent. And so there were these massive growth rates from these, these cloud providers and you saw sort of huge rally in even some of the smaller cloud players over those years. Uh, and a lot of businesses did move to cloud, but still, Uh, The cloud players feel they're only scratching the surface here, and I think what we're seeing at the moment in terms of uh, this slowdown in AWS, and even we saw it over at at Microsoft, there were good cloud results, but the growth rate was slower than previous quarter, is more uh, a product of perhaps uh, businesses at this point tightening spend. Uh, in their view, they feel that there's still a long runway to go with cloud. But of course, uh, in this current situation, from a, from a macro perspective, it's difficult. So it would be interesting to see actually whether that cloud growth re-accelerates. If that is the case, I do think the bigger players still hold uh, a much stronger position. And then you saw that in the ad space with, mm. with Alphabet and Meta being able to, to weather what is a difficult mm. environment. But you, you perhaps, I think, will see that now also with cloud. The smaller players will find it difficult in... This environment, but if there is a reacceleration, uh, it will be the
0: Amazon, markets of the world that are likely to benefit. So let's move from the cloud to head in the clouds. Bank of Japan, what a story this is, Arjun. Thank you very much indeed uh, for that. The Bank of Japan has announced a review of its monetary policy. Uh, Governor Kazuo Ueda held his first meeting over at the BOJ. They kept rates and yield curve control unchanged, tweaked forward guidance, which pledged to keep rates at their current or lower levels. It comes after data showed core inflation in Tokyo rising 3.5% in April. That was ahead of expectations. Just very briefly from me, apart from the embarrassing fact that I think the Nikkei newspaper went early with the results, even while they were holding the meeting, which introduced a little bit of volatility around the yen. So, the Nikkei clearly already knew or thought they knew what was going to happen here. And why wouldn't they? Because what did happen apart from announcing uh, an extended it's review?
2: Like, it's it more hype than reality, right? We were waiting it after the meeting uh, to finish and for some sort of statement. To be produced the market has moved in terms of positioning ahead of the meeting but effectively we've got what 12 to 18 months to talk about this because the review of monetary policy is going to take that long uh, the problem for me is when you look at the the core numbers and what they're still targeting this is the ex food measure uh, seen at 1.8 percent for this year two percent for 2024 that is not above two percent so i think the problem is if the bank of japan doesn't actually finally manage to hold on to some inflation when inflation is everywhere during this phase, if it gets it wrong with an exit too early, then that is going to be a huge policy mistake over the course of history. I
1: mean, let's just go back to real basics here. What do you say the food inflation is going to be
2: 2%? ex food measure seen at 1.8% this yep. year, 2% for next right.
1: year. So roughly at target. Yeah, I mean, but, but the, not
2: over, which is, no, 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 that's fine. I, I hear what you're saying, it's, yeah.
1: not, it's not like European, like German or British food price inflation at 17, 80%. <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying, so it's at target, but there's nothing normal about the policy. But the inflation is what you're saying is pretty normalized over a longer term period of time. So, so when are they ever going to go from the most extraordinary policy in the history of monetary uh, policy, well, let's face it, they were there way before the Europeans and the US heard uh, of quantitative easing, and they're going to be there way after. Well, that's arguable with the Fed as well, what he was doing with the banks, but they're going to be there a long time as well, uh, alongside the biggest debt to GDP of any. Western nation that has ever seen in Toph, pretty much as far as I can see, certainly since 1945, since post-war era as well. So you've got the the, the extraordinary strange demographics as well for the entire West, where actually the postal savings at some stage will be wound down. There is no doubt about it because of the demographics of Japan, of China, of the West as well. You've got 240 percent debt to GDP and you've got the most extraordinary monetary policy of all time. Uh, alongside normalized inflation rates. Something doesn't smell right. And I'm just gonna say something I've said about five times on this channel because it was really pertinent. Uh, a central bank policymaker bumped into he and I uh, in Davos and said, and again, I know some viewers have heard this, but obviously like the reason why we at this bank that I was the governor of for a long time didn't ever go into your curve control is because we never knew how we'd get out of it. We just couldn't work out our exit strategy. And I just don't know what the exit strategy is for the Japanese. Uh,
0: the problem uh, that I think the, the Western investors have got, particularly those uh, like Giles Keating, who we spoke to yesterday, yes. who says that um, the surprise this year is going to be the Bank of Japan hiking interest rates. Yes,
2: expectations are there, right?
0: Everybody's calling it. Except the Bank of Japan, and the Bank of Japan continues to insist that it continues blithely on its way for some time here. And, you know, all of the things that you've said are correct, and they've always been correct. The problem is until the market calls their bluff or there is some other uh, 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 financial event in the global plumbing that disturbs the ability of the Bank of Japan to hold the look, then it will continue to hold the look it seems. Uh, and you, the viewers just saw it, I didn't know, I was on the wire. Just one more little one. Thanks, yeah. thanks, Adam. Yeah, yeah but, 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 but the point here is this isn't benign,
1: by the way. This isn't just about what happens in Japan, all of us can look on. You're absolutely right about global. Pl- this is about a global issue. If the Japanese do, at some stage, do what you, know, you talked about and happens, that they do hike rates as well, that is not a benign scenario for the for what happens in other treasuries globally as well. Because if the Japanese suddenly start getting an interest rate on their JGBs as well, that could upset the entire dynamic of their holdings globally as Japanese investors bring money back towards JGBs as well. It could have ramifications for the treasuries and
0: all the other, at least, G7 bond markets. And the other point is that that Japan is a significant owner of overseas assets, whether they're treasuries or whether they're property or whether they're stakes in businesses. And if they need to start selling those things to bring the money home, then that will have consequences on where levels ultimately find themselves. Anyway, enough of that. Let's um, let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. Still to come, Sankaban Group, CFO, Sridhar N joins us to break down first quarter earnings. Stay tuned for that exclusive. We'll be right back.
1: Sangaman has posted a first quarter revenue beat with sales coming in at just under 12.5 billion euros for the period. The construction materials firm says it now sees raw material costs rising at a slower rate this year than first thought. That's very interesting. So let's get to the CFO. Sridhar Natarajan joins us as well. Uh, Always good to speak to you, sir. Thank you very much indeed. Well, that's where we need to concentrate, isn't it? The margins and the raw material costs. and what's going. Just give us a round robin of what's going on, sir. Nice to see
4: you nice to see you, too. It's always a pleasure to be back here. Um, it's true that Sangaba delivered a very solid results in a very difficult uh, difficult environment. Uh, uh, we continue to grow and outperform the market. It clearly demonstrates the resilience of the new Sangaba. There are two main key factors for this. One is the positioning of Sangaba. The strategic positioning of Sangaba is particularly in looking at the light and sustainable construction. And within that, when you see the renovation market, Sangaba is very strong, very well positioned in the renovation market. When you look at the global sales of Sangabam, 50% of the sales comes from the renovation market. And within Europe, which is more impacted with the current situation, we have more than 60% of our sales comes from the renovation market, where Sangabam provides a comprehensive solutions to bring down the energy consumption bring the efficiency and also improve the well-being in any living space the second success factor is our new decentralized local organization which we put in place 4 years back clearly you see that the country ceos are focused on results doing everything what is there under their control to make sure that the reports, the results are protected, margins are protected, the value creation is done, and they are taking every single step, be it commercial, be it industrial. And that's a very powerful change which has happened, and we can see that in action where everybody is focused on results. So we are very confident, even though the market situation is difficult, Sangama remains confident to deliver another successful year of 2023, and you will see that we will have the good set of results at the end of 2023. Good man, Sridhar, no, can, question- can I just right. jump
1: in? Because we've had limited time. Unfortunately, the producers have mucked up. Um, uh, just in terms of, of the uh, production in the United States as well, North America is a very important market for you and the whole construction industry as well. How concerned are you by the data we saw yesterday that showed actually a sharp decrease in the rate of growth in the U.S. economy as well? But within that, it was the fixed business investment which was actually plummeting within that. Are you concerned that one of the great growth drivers of the globe is actually faltering now?
4: um uh, no uh because you know for Sagaba, more than 50 percent of the sales is again coming from the renovation market and renovation when i say it's basically the roofing business and roofing is all about when your roofing gets damaged because of different storms you have to replace it so it's actually a must to have and when you look at the new construction market it did slow down a little bit but there are also some of the technical effects of these talking at the distribution market i believe that US market is structurally a very strong market. There is still a huge shortage of housing. When you look at the statistics, we are talking of 3.8 million house shortages. Look at the la- recent housing start trends. In the last two months, when you look at the numbers, it clearly gives you an impression that it's actually stabilizing. And the mortgage rates have come down, uh, You know, with, uh, from the peak of 7% to 6.3% now. I believe that the U.S. market will bounce back in a very strong manner. It's just economically and uh, financially, it's a very strong market.
2: You know, just to test you a little bit more on that new construction market, though, the United States could be getting to the point where it's at the end of the interest rate hiking cycle in Europe. Quite a different story. and You've already got weakness in this market. I mean, there could be another 75 basis points of rate hikes to come. What does that mean in terms of the backdrop for the new construction market in Europe?
4: Um, you know, in Europe, yes, new construction market would suffer. And this is something which we had anticipated and we had articulated it. Whereas in for Singapore, Europe's more than 60 percent is renovation market, which continues to remain very resilient. And Singapore is very well positioned to serve this market so it unlike in the us you would see that european market would suffer more so i would say the northern european market would suffer more particularly uk germany uh, clearly it's suffering more than uh, other parts of the european countries
2: i want to ask you a little bit about pricing too we've seen a lot of price hikes across the board in various different industry sectors when it comes to the sustainable products business and in construction that you are uh, very much focused on how is pricing there comparable to what you're seeing in broader construction products where there isn't a sustainable element to it
4: you have seen we have delivered good pricing i think we have a strong pricing Power. It's coming from the fact that Sangabai is focused on solution. Sangabai is focused on customer service. We bring a lot of differentiation on the grassroots level, closely working with the customers. I think that makes a big difference because at the end of the day, pricing is a function of the value you bring on the table to the customer. And again, the local organization where each and every Grassroots sales guy is focused on customer, making sure that he does everything possible from his end to serve the customer in the best possible way, brings you uh, in a position where you are able to push the prices up. We are able to consistently do it. Last year, everybody was anxious. Sangaba, again, successfully passed on the inflation, which was unprecedented and unrelenting inflation, which we saw in 2022. So we remain confident that we should be able to hold on to the price. Sridhar, just on that, I just wanted to come back
0: on that. What is the current trend you're seeing now on inflation, because I think we're all incredibly sensitive to this story and what it means for the cost of money and what it ultimately means for your input costs and what you have to do with prices for customers. Right now, are you seeing any of that trending down that is uh, hoped for by the investment community?
4: Infl- inflation is, you know, it's still an inflationary environment. It certainly, it's much, much lower than what we saw in 2022 the many of the petrochemical related materials are coming down energy is slowly coming down it's still at higher level than what we have seen before the energy crisis but what is important to keep in mind is the minerals like sand uh, soda ash and you have uh, um, all the um, you know mineral items is going up so i think that's that's where we see some uh, inflation coming in and overall, we guided the market in the beginning of the year, which is uh, the inflation would be more than a billion. And now we are saying it will be around 800. So it's clearly a good trend. And we need to remain focused on making sure that we continue to manage this inflation in a very effective manner.
0: Thank you for listening to
1: Squawkbox Europe Express. For more market moving news, you can head to CNBC.com
2: or join us again on this show with Jeff Cupmore, Steve Sedgwick and Karen show Weekdays on CNBC.